Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Thanks for joining us on Lead Time. Tim Allman here with Jake Bessling. Jake is married to Nicolette. I am married to Alexa. We are husbands and fathers and uh, pastors and leaders, and you are making a choice today to grow. We believe eternities are changed when we choose to expand our minds and our hearts more after the heart of Jesus. We have my dear friend, partner in the gospel, uh, Gary Kinneman, back with us. If you missed last week's episode on suffering, make sure you go back. It was amazing today that we're pivoting to talk about Maybe we even move into suffering, to be quite honest, uh, again, but as it relates to the evolving nature of being the church today in in the chaos, pastors are suffering. I've read uh, a number of studies that say pastoral burnout and just leadership burnout is moving through the last six months, the amount of decisions we've had to make, where are people, financial anxiety, being a pastor or a leader right now in the global church is a very, very complex and and hard thing. And so, so much, so much change too. You know, you thought, my goodness. man, I I went to seminary or I go to church, and it's going to be this way for a long time. But then it's like, oh, where are my people? You know, a lot of people like the scorecard was the amount of people in church. <clears throat> now you don't see those people as much. Fifty yeah. percent down attendance, and you can easily well, turn least, into a a depressive person, yeah. just really turned inward. Yeah, so today we want to talk about the evolving nature of the church. What let's let's start out with this question. I mean, if you were a pastor, you pastored for how many years? 35, 40, uh, well, the same church 25 years. 25 years. years. So if you were us today, what would you what would like be your primary charge over the not just the last six months, but moving forward from this month, how mm. would you pastor? Can't wait to hear. Maybe differently than you did over those twenty-five years. Well, at, at, uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just glad I'm not where you guys are. That, that doesn't help. That, that doesn't help. Yeah, at all. I've been yeah, away from leading you. a local church for twelve <laughs> years, and you've you know I I don't know if I can actually address this uh, ex- except on some some larger issues. Uh, I am working with an organization uh, called Glue, which is a partnership with my son's company, the Barner Group. And, of course, they've got all kinds of data, and I've got some data that I brought with me. I can't wait to yes, well, hear that. Wait, we could just wrap Dig it right up in. right now, close in a word of prayer. You guys can read this document. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. What's, no, what's, no. what's, what's the uh, stats saying? Yeah, well, so uh, this is this is from, uh, from the Barna Group, and there's tremendous stats also in glue.us. If you go there and... Uh, and G- glue is G-L-O-O. G-L-O-O and uh, the Barna, barna.org uh, or dot .com. Uh, and some of the things that I just, uh, you know, I just pulled from the website and I have a, a couple of thoughts about it. First thing is that overall pastors are, you know, you guys touched on this. The research is showing that pastors are really tired, but they're looking at the bri- looking at the bright side. Good. There have been which, opportunities. Yes. Which uh, takes us, we have to leap back to the conversation we had last week look they look at the bright side it's you know resilience building resilience is about what you look at um and uh, so i i was actually uh, earlier today i was uh, i serve on an, the advisory board of a local church and and uh we were, we were talking a little bit about this and and uh, you know to me this this is perspective i'll, I'll just you know, i i can't 
I was a pastor for 25 years. And people say, you miss it. I said, I don't miss the drama. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think serving as a leader in the, in the body of Christ is, is a, death, a, a death experience. As Paul said this, I die daily. Life works in me, I, but I die daily. But life, life work, death works in me, life, life in you. Life for you, right. And, and I, I've used this, uh, you know, the bright side is that we have an opportunity to minister to people like we have never had right. before. And, uh, you know, so, so anyway, I, I, uh, I, I've, I've had so many death experiences in my life, 25 years in ministry, and I don't, I don't miss the drama. Um, but uh, what, do you, what do you do? You have to look at the bright side. And, and I, I kind of shared this, and I hope this, I hope this relates. Um, you know, you've got a lot of leaders watching this broadcast or do you call it a broadcast, webcast, podcast, webcast? Okay. Well, I'm an old we guy. I still, you know, I'm, I'm an old guy. I don't know about this. We're broadcasting from Gilbert, Arizona. I, I still have a dial phone. <laughs> I know. Okay. In your, in your car, too? No. I don't know. What? In my car? I can have a phone in my car? <laughs> and, you know, if you, and, I, and so if you have more than two zeros in your, in your phone number, I don't call you. It's just, you know. <laughs> too much work. Yes. <clears throat> so, so anyway... <laughs> So, so anyway, uh, th- this is just kind of, a, this again is a perspective. So pastors are tired and, uh, you know, there were, there have been statistics, you know, over the last several decades about more, more people leaving the ministry than ever before. My son, David, the Barner Group did a massive right. study of, uh, they call it State of Pastors. Right. And, uh, and they published a study on this a couple of years ago. And one of the, probably the most significant statistic, and I, I, that's how I feel, but I, they talked about this at, at a presentation at this conference, is that 10 years ago, the average age of pastors was in their mid-40s. And now the average age of pastors is in their mid-50s. So that the the clergy community is aging, and every church, Tim, we've talked about yep. this. For We're the, not backfilling it either. Not backfilling, and the seminary uh, registration is down, and seminaries have just seemed to be uh, increasingly irrelevant for leading a church in the 21st century. Uh, you know, now now more than ever, digital church. Um, but um, this is just the way it is. I I remember. My, my uncle was a Lutheran pastor, and uh, he was out of the ministry. He had some trouble in his life, and, and then he came over and just visited me at my church. I took him into the worship center, and I asked him, I said, we were standing on the platform. I said, do you miss this? He said, dreadfully, you know, sharing God's word. And then I said, well, you know, I said, what's really tough is just all the drama. And then he just, looked, he just said to me, kind of, uh, he was, you know, kind of offended. He said, that's just part of the package. You know, so leadership is part of the package. And I, maybe I'm making a giant leap here, but I, I think sometimes women understand sacrifice better than men because they're the ones who carry the baby, give birth to the baby, that changes their hormones, their body, and they are really dying to who they were mm-hmm. in order to give life. Yeah. So... You know, we, ministry is about giving life, and and uh, it's not something that can. I mean, there are moments of incredible joy, but we can't be in it because of what we get out of it. That's right. 
If you're going to follow me, Jesus said, what, did he, what do you say, guys? Deny yourself. Deny Take yourself. Your cross, follow him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a death, death experience. Death. Yeah. Let's go to the second point uh, for pastors. And, and many of you are pastors and leaders. Maybe some of you are from Christ Greenfield or another church. And this is just building empathy and love for those who are in, in this role right now. But you've got other stats that show that pastors are are more isolated and more lonely. Yeah, will that, will did, you speak to that? Yeah. Uh, most leaders are overwhelmed, but one in five has has frequently felt lonely within the last month. Mm. And uh, I, I mean, we could do several, we could do several of these podcasts on on this subject. And uh, you know, I talked about this in our last uh, in our last podcast. Podcast. That thank you. Uh, that the verse that is uh, as well known as any verse in Scripture for Christians, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But the next verse begins with the word yet. There's a, there's a, a condition, a qualification. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. And I think that, I think, I think leading a church because of the way the church is structured, the expectations that are placed on pastors is a lonely place. And and I can I can just say that the one thing I missed when I left the church was not the drama of leading the church. I didn't haven't missed the I've, I haven't missed I missed the preaching, and I missed the 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 the, the rhythm of relationships. That's right. Seeing the same people in the lobby every week, saying hello to people, and and also you know I kind of hate to say this, getting the strokes of being around people who for the most part, love me and think I'm great. There are, always, there are always those people who you wish went to another church. And I, I, used, to say, I used to say this, you know, and I said this to the whole congregation, you know, you know, you can't, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose everybody that comes into your life. And that would be me and all of you. I did not choose for you to come into my life. You know, so I've never said that. <laughs> but now that you're here, praise me. Yeah, yeah, but but you know, uh, oh, you, you choose you choose to serve God. You didn't choose your children to no. have children when no. you have children, what the children would be like, um, and God just kind of you, you know you deal with it. Deal with it. Yep. So for <laughs> us, sacrifice. So it's it's team. There has to be a team of people around a pastor to yes. love and support and encourage and go on mission. With him, but yes. why do you think? Why do you think a lot of pastors, and it may be subconscious or maybe very conscious, a lot of pastors are are lone rangers? Why do you think that is, Gary? Well, uh, I think it's typical of leadership, but I, I think the culture forces us into a kind of uh, a bubble. Uh, we have to. We can't be human. We have to. We can be human with our families, but even that's a problem because our children see us in this position of spiritual leadership. I think the culture of the church has expectations for us to be something. Uh, you know, I had, a lot, I, had a, I had a lot of people would say to me, uh, you know, Pastor Gary, you are so human. And, and that always struck me funny because mm. I don't know how what to be, I what be. else can I be? But what it, it, it's a, it was an indirect statement about, you know, the, the, the other experiences. Other experiences. You know, the pastors are not always real relevant and they're going to have to hide. And, uh, you know, in the Lutheran church, you guys, for some of the services, wear robes. Mm -hmm. And I still remember my uncle. I remember saying hello to him at the end of the service at the back door, and he's got his robe on. And it was just like there's, 
Yeah, exactly. He's my uncle. Division, yeah. I've been fishing with him, you know. But now he's got this but, robe on. But in a church, yeah, but in, in churches that don't wear robes, there there is a kind of a, this invisible robe of a certain, you know, you got to be a certain way. And and uh, I think I think you know, my whole life I have I have been devoted to encouraging Christian leaders to be in accountable, rich relationships with other leaders. Yeah. We wrote a book about that. Leaders at last. Baby. Leaders at last. Mm-hmm. Uh, and leaders at last are those who have peer relationships. And, um, you know, we, we, really, we, we really need these relationships. I, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this is Paul saying, but it was good of you to share in my troubles. Mm-hmm. And in, in, actually in the context, all he's talking about there is support for his missionary sure, agency. Sure, sure. Yeah. But I mean, we, we just need each other. Yeah. That's how God has, has created us. I think back seven years ago, Jake, when I came to Christ Greenfield, and uh, I, I followed a culture where the pastor was really put on a pedestal. And um, when I came and we were talking about like pastor and title and blah, 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 when I said, I don't want to use senior, and you know, there was this kind of push to who's the main guy, who's making the main call? Well, was Jesus. He's, he's leading this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't do that just for the team, right? To, to lo- I did that for me because there's this push toward pride and position and I'm going to make the calls. I your can heart. lean it's in that direction, heart. but I, it's, for my, it's for my heart, exactly. Same. To say I'm one with yes. you, not above, but we're alongside this journey together. You know, I'm, I'm almost finished. I finally read the book uh, Luther uh, by Eric Metaxas. Yeah, it's a big one, mm-hmm. but it's amazing. It's an amazing book. It, and and uh, I mean, this was, it was not just, the Reformation was about so many things, not, not just saved by grace alone, but the translation of scripture and the, and, and the breakdown of this division between clergy and people who are lead the church and people who go to the church. And Luther was his, you know, down to earth. We have to be incarnational. He was as down to earth as anybody. Yeah. And uh, he was so human and... Uh, you know, can God really use some somebody that's that human? Yes, Jesus. It was down to earth. God became flesh, you know, to, yeah. Yeah, let's just hang out there for a second. I mean, John the Baptist, I don't know in what context I referenced this earlier, but John the Baptist came and he was kind of a pietist, you know? I mean, he yes. didn't he didn't oh, yeah. drink. He, he lived a very pure life. He ate, ate certain hoppers. things, you know? <laughs> he was a naturalist, you know, in the best. But then you've got Jesus juxtaposed by the religious leaders as one who sits with sinners and tax collectors, you know? Welcomes prostitutes. Jesus, I mean, I don't know if Jesus ever like cussed or, you know, I mean, he was, Pure, so I'm not. I'm not saying that, but there was an approachability to Jesus that I think a lot of times we just read right past. You could sit and have a beer with Jesus at a bar, especially if you're a Lutheran. Especially if you're a Lutheran, for sure, for sure. Or a glass of wine. What do you think that is, though, Jake? I mean, why? Why do we do we actually look at Jesus as a human being, right? As someone who's approachable? Well, just read the Gospels. You know, people are always attracted to him. They're always finding. He, he's like, I need a time for prayer. And they keep finding him because there was something about his aura that the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the ones in robes probably. Yes, the ones in robes. Who were preaching on the corner, who were really eloquent in words, um, were not drawing people in. They were pushing them apart. Think about this. Uh, in, In the Gospel of John, this is the first question the first disciples 
ask Jesus. Do you, do you know what? I'm what do you giving, want? No, what do you, something like no, that? No, the first question the disciples oh. asked Jesus. That, Jesus in another place, he like, said, what do you want? want? Yeah, what do you want? The disciples asked him, where are you staying? Hmm. And Jesus said, you know, we really should talk about richer and deeper uh, spiritual things right now. <laughs> I need an Airbnb. And he said, yeah. you know, he said, come and see. Come and, see. and it just says they spent the rest of the day together. They're hanging out. Yeah. Life I had together. people drive by my house. They wanted to see where I was staying. Mm-hmm. People in my church, you know. <laughs> right. Where do you live? Mm-hmm. What advice would you, what other advice would you give to pastors that are feeling <clears throat> isolated and alone, but yet not, they can still do so. They're, they're healthy enough that they, they feel that way, but they, they haven't maybe done anything about it, you know? Like I'm, I'm healthy, but I just don't feel like I got those friends. I think a lot of times you you got to do something. You have to put yourself out there. Yes, like resilience. You, you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so you know, uh, I think a larger issue, I, I've kind of looked at, I've been watching this, the pandemic and the racism and, and you know, all the issues that we're facing as a, as a nation. And, uh, you know, I, I was on a call, a weekly call with pastors of the largest churches in Phoenix and, and uh uh, a weekly, Cal Jernigan mm-hmm. was uh, he was uh, facilitating that, and and just listening to these guys talk about the challenge that they're facing, and I, you know, I, I just said, you know, it's easy for me to say it now because I'm not pastoring mm-hmm. a church, but uh, I, I described it. This is a wonderful opportunity for churches and the leaders of those churches to do some of the things that we've always talked about. You know, we rec- on the inside, we recognize that there are institutional things, you know, that it's about Sunday attendance, it's about income, it's about, you know, and we know that those things are important, but we also know that those are the kinds of things that define us. Uh, actually, they become part of our identity. Mm-hmm. I, pa- I pastored a large church. Yeah. That's still on my website you know, I'm I'm still now the former pastor of a big church. You know, I, and those things mean a lot to us, and we know they 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 shouldn't, but they do. But now that the church has been it's been forced into uh, really recognizing, really talking about what is the church, mm-hmm. what is it, yeah, and uh, how are we going to do church, right? And and then so then there's this the whole issue of racism and social justice and. We've talked about it. We've done seminars on it. We've, you know, we've taught. We've we've done sermons on those issues, and it's just all just more talking. Um, and uh, and now we've been forced to address this I- issue. All of the discomforts have been forced on us. Um, there's a there's a song. You know, I was a pastor of a church, a, a charismatic church, and we were singing little, you know, choruses for years and. I don't know. I think somebody in our, our church somewhere along the line wrote a chorus on on Joel, and it's uh, they run uh, they run on the city, uh, they they uh, they they uh, oh gee no I forgot the song uh, they run on the wall. Great is the army that carries out God's word. They rush on the city. They run on the wall. Huh. Great is the army that carries out God's word. Have you have you ever ever heard that? No, no, no. I haven't. Okay, so I mean, if you look at Joel chapter. One, two, and, and, and it was sort of a triumphant song. They rush on the city, they run on the wall. Great is the army that carries out God's word. And the army, if you look at the context, is a swarm of locusts. And it's carrying out God's word. 
not even the humans. Not no, even no, it's not humans. It's not humans. It's yeah. the judgment of God. Do this is happening to get the attention of God's people. Have you? And I just, I've been in the ministry for. 40, 50 years now, and, and uh, I've got two seminary degrees, and I've always, I always think about these verses that we know a snippet, but not the context. Yeah, context yeah. You know, if my people are, uh, humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what the verse says right, right before that? Go ahead. If, if the rain stops, if there is a, a plague of locusts, if there is a pandemic, yeah, yeah. If my people, if and and God is saying, if I bring these things on you, so there's this this, this like this global opportunity for the church really to rethink things. I mean, really, have you heard this expression? People don't change unless the pain to stay the same becomes greater than the pain to change. Yeah. I mean, I think about uh, you know, you guys have been doing video church for for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Lots of churches in your denomination aren't doing that, you oh, that's know. True. They've been forced into yeah, doing. Many are now, but yeah. many will try to give it up too after. Yeah, so we should. They go that. back, but uh, you know, it's to me, it's an opportunity. Amen, amen. amen. You've been, you've inspired us. Uh, any last word? I mean, of encouragement to. Um, let, let, let me ask this question: If you were to summarize in one word or phrase, I know that's hard. <laughs> the call of the church, like right now, get as granular as you can. This is what it means to be the people of God. What would you say? I would, I would say that uh, un- unlike any time, maybe in, uh, in history, the whole world is in crisis. Mm-hmm. Statistics show that a, a large number of people who never go to church are watching your mm-hmm. online services. Mm-hmm. And, and I, w- I would say that the, and the opportunity for us to, to really enter into a deeper relationship with Jesus and into a deeper relationship with each other. We, we need the community to grow and to be everything God wants us to be. And what does God want us to be? He wants us to be, uh, uh, he wants us to be the salt of the earth. And if the salt has lost its savor, it's worthless. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, this, this is a phenomenal, I'll say it again, a phenomenal opportunity for people to deepen their faith and their relationship with one another so that we can be a church on mission yeah. to reach out to, to a world in crisis. Amen. So w- discipleship is huge. And toward what end? Our gatherings are toward the end of expanding the kingdom of God, going on mission to make him known, and everyone gets to play. This is, we've talked about pastors today, but it's about the priesthood of all believers. Yes. Putting on that mantle. It's another reformation. And going after yes, yes. And going after those who don't know Jesus with yes. love and kindness and clarity around the never-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. So Gary, thanks for hanging out with us the last two episodes. You're a gift to the body of Christ. Share this with a pastor that needs to be encouraged. Let them know they are not alone. And the mission is right there, right in front of us right now. The church does its best work in seasons of suffering and trial and loss. And that's where we're at right now. And Jesus is on the throne. He's reigning. Jake. And anything is possible. You never know what kind yeah, of new thing exactly. will come from this old thing that hasn't yet been created, Amen. that the body of Christ will create by the power of the Spirit. Thank Amen. you for joining us, Gary. Two episodes. If you didn't catch last week, go back. You'll suffer through it. It's all about, <laughs> it's all about suffering. Peace the Lord. Thanks, Thanks for joining us on this broadcast. Yeah, please. broadcast, podcast, whatever. Later. <laughs> you have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. 
please subscribe at cglchurch.org slash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Friday for another episode.